So I think this is a season to lean into community. This is a season where God is calling us to enrich our relationships in the body of Christ and to really discover the power of the kingdom through community and relationships. So as you've heard, we are launching a new sermon series and we're going to be calling that Divine Dialogues. Now, Divine Dialogues is simply sharing the idea that in conversation, really amazing things can happen. Um, In our conversations this week with our connect groups and connect group leaders, you're going to be sharing in a quick little dialogue, getting together, maybe Zoom, maybe with coffee, whatever it is, and you're going to be sharing in a dialogue that's going to stir some things inside of you, and that's going to help move our faith forward. So whatever you do, get into those connect groups. Don't pull back. Lean in. Again, it's just a 30 minutes, 45 minutes in an, in an entire week. We're not asking a lot, but we're asking you to do the right things in this season so we can thrive. So I want to today share with you about divine dialogues, the kind of dialogues and conversations that matter. Why is it important for us to have conversations? Well, I want to first, as we postulate this, I want to first submit to you the idea that some of Jesus' greatest script that he gave us, greatest scriptures, greatest quotes, were not in his sermons, even though his sermons were off the charts, okay? Obviously, Matthew 5, 6, and 7, Sermon on the Mount, incredible, life-changing, still striving to, 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 to fully fulfill and walk in that. Um, but think about some of the, your most favorite scriptures, maybe the most popular scriptures. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. Anyone who believes in him, should not perish but have everlasting life, okay? You know that, I know that. That wasn't a sermon that Jesus preached. That was during a dialogue with a guy named Nicodemus that came to Jesus by night asking about miracles and kind of like, who are you and what's going on here? I believe, but I don't fully understand. And Jesus just starts going, creates this conversation. We believe in divine conversations. We believe that Through conversations, powerful things happen in us. We've been called to converse. Converse with God, converse with each other. And so we're going to be practicing conversations. In fact, as we go deeper into the sermon uh, series and the sermon discussion, um, we're going to be opening up some questions that are going to, I believe, have an impact on you. I know it's Labor Day weekend and maybe you're at the beach or maybe you're chilling in the backyard. Maybe you're watching this late and you're like, oh, forgot it was Labor Day weekend and we're just chilling like villains and having a good time. That's all right. Our heart is that God would give you the view that you need. And I believe that the view that you need is gonna be through the body of Christ. I have my phone sitting right here and sometimes I have an older phone. It's like two years old now. Sometimes I'll, I'll move it from vertical to landscape, horizontal, right? And sometimes the picture gets stuck. So it'll be stuck up and down even though it's sideways. Um, that's kind of annoying. I sometimes have to turn my phone off just to get that fixed. I don't know um, whoever's working at Apple and you got some connections, if you can just let them know that there's a problem. We need to get that bug fixed out, fixed, uh, but worked out. Um, but sometimes we get stuck in a horizontal and, and God's calling us for the wide angle. And sometimes uh, we're wide angle and God's wanting us to go horizontal. And one of the things that conversations do when we're with the body of Christ, it gets us the right focus, right? And it gives us the right 
perspective. And it gives us the opportunity to really allow the Holy Spirit to bring up, bring out, and to bring healing power and direction in our lives. So I want to give you a couple things here today as we are at the onset of this sermon discussion, sermon series called Divine Dialogue. Isaiah chapter 1 and 18 is going to be the springboard for this entire sermon series. Watch this. Come now, let us settle the matter, says the Lord. I, I feel like God wants to settle some things in your life. Some of you are stuck in a wide angle. You're stuck in a certain pattern, and God's wanting to flip it. He's wanting to go horizontal. He's wanting you to elevate your vision. You're stuck. We gotta settle some things. There's some things that maybe are unsettled in you. Maybe there's some doctrinal things or uh, worldview things or maybe some some, uh, areas of temptation that you haven't won yet. Our heart is for these things to be settled in your life. I think you want that. I believe God wants that for you. I know God wants that for you. I hope you want that for yourself. So watch this. Um, Come now, let us settle the matter, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Now here's what I love. In the King James and in uh, the NLT, we look at this and it's not just settling the matter. What this is saying is, come, let us have a conversation. The way that we're going to settle this matter is let us converse together. Let us set our mind on it. Let us, let us not just think about it and go. A lot of times we hear a sermon, we think about it for a moment, and we're gone. And, you know, that old saying that being a preacher is like um, having a baby on Sunday, getting pregnant on Monday, and having to have another baby the next Sunday. It's like nonstop teaching, dive into the word. But what if we were to make sure to settle? Make sure, make sure to really submerge into the uncomfortable with the scripture, sitting in the seat of the uncomfortable. That's the heart of the word, that we abide in the word, even if it's uncomfortable, even if it shines a light, even if it causes us to have to fall to our knees and repent. Our relationship with the word of God is paramount to our success in following Jesus Fully. Let me give you a couple things that I believe are big and important. Number one is whenever we converse with one another, something powerful happens. In the communion of the body, something supernatural happens. Now, I want you to think about this. In the Holy of Holies, where the Ark of the Covenant was, there were two cherubims, and they faced one another. And in the facing one another, that is where the glory was. There's something about the posture of face-to-face. There's something about humility and face-to-face. That's why connect groups are important. We got to have FaceTime. Now, maybe some of you can't meet in person, but you can meet on Zoom. And I get it. Zoom can be so annoying. You're like, I'm Zoomed out. I'm just Zoom, Zoom, room, room. I'm done. I'm going to tell you, if, if you got to do Zoom, at least do it in the context of the body of Christ with your church family. If you got to torture yourself and get on that screen and try to get the lighting and make sure the camera's facing in a direction where there's not a bunch of, you know, pile of laundry and a mess behind you. You've got to go to all that. Like, at least do it where it moves your faith 
forward, where it encourages you, where it gives you strength to really, to really walk as an overcomer. And so I just believe with all my heart that God is calling us in this season to community. Remember when Jesus wanted to feed 5,000, what did he do? Sit in groups of 50. And so we've broken the church down into community groups, into connect groups, with connect group leaders that are gonna serve you and, 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 and speak into you and pray for you. And um, this is not arbitrary. This is not something that we just snap together. These are people who are praying for you. We've prayed and just asked the Lord, connect us with the right people. This is our time to lean into community. This is your time to lean into community. So I wanna say a prayer really quick. And then I want to give you some, some big points for you to take home with you, to put in your spirit, and then we're going to have some great conversations this week in our Connect groups. Heavenly Father, I honor you and I thank you for your word. I thank you that the living word is teaching the written word and it's falling into good ground and it's bringing forth much fruit. We honor your word and we honor all those who are listening. In Jesus' name, and everybody say, Amen. You know, one thing I've discovered um, in my short 40 years of being on this planet is that some things don't change. They just evolve, right? Like the other day, I went to someone's home. They invited us over. We were careful, and we were having dinner, and they had this beautiful little charcuterie board. I think that's how you say it, charcuterie board. And as I'm eating it, I have a little cracker, and I have a little piece of meat, and I have a little piece of cheese. And I sat there, and I looked, and I have the little little thing in my hand, and I'm looking, and I take a step back. I go, hold on. This is Lunchables 2.0. Remember Lunchables back in the day where you would get your little box, you would open it up, peel the plastic back, and there was a cracker, cheese, and a piece of meat, and sometimes like a piece of chocolate. And I'm like, the charcuterie board is basically a large adult <laughs> lunchable. Here we are eating the same thing and just one notch up. We feel a little bit more like cool because it's, it's on display. But I'm like, I'm eating lunchables here. Nothing's really changed. And when you think about like life, like when, when it comes to like prospering and walking things out, like conversations are so important. Like if we don't have conversations, if we're not able to communicate, like whether you're young, whether you're a teenager, whether you're older, if we shut off communication, things never go good. They go bad. We have to stay in conversation. We got to keep communicating. God is a communicating God. He wants us to communicate with one another. I think about uh, Acts chapter 15. Acts chapter 15 is where uh, the disciples are trying to figure out what do we do with Gentiles? Peter was just at uh, Cornelius' house and the Holy Spirit has fallen and none of these people were in covenant through the old law and now their theology is blown to pieces. What do we do? So they get everybody together. Peter gets up and says, this is what happened. Paul gets, he, Paul is there. He's like, hey, I've seen miracles among the Gentiles. And then it was James who gets up. He starts talking about scripture. He goes, you know, in Amos, it talks about the tabernacle of David, that there would be no walls. It was just direct access to the Holy of Holies. Just anyone could come in. And after dialogue, they go, we sense the Holy Spirit is here and witnessing that the Gentiles too are a part of the kingdom, a part of this great salvation. 
because they were willing to dialogue. You know what I find what is, is so disheartening in our generation is our inability to dialogue. Nobody wants to have a conversation. We'd rather just tweet or put something on Facebook and go, there you go, this is what I believe. And it's much easier to virtue signal through Facebook and Twitter and post your post and post your picture and say, we stand for this, we stand against this. And again, I'm not against standing for or against stuff. I'm just like, when are we gonna sit down and have a conversation? Because it's much easier to post than it is to have a conversation. Many of us are just stuck in this like world of posting and virtue signaling and 20 second, 30 second sound bites. You know, someone gets on the news and you have 30 seconds to sum up everything that you believe. Okay, what do you think about this? Uh, what do you mean? Are you for it against it? Well, uh, maybe there's nuance to it. Maybe I'm not for it or against it. Maybe there's some room in the middle. And the problem is, is we want cute little sound bites. We want everything to fit in 140 characters on Twitter. Everything has to be profound so it gets repeated, so it gets retweeted, so it gets uh, liked and shared. And nobody's having conversations. And if they are, they're, they're four or five minutes. Sometimes we have to submerge into conversation because life is full of nuance. Everything's not in primary and secondary. Some things are in nuance. For instance, the color palette, right? You have, you have primary colors. Uh, your red and your yellow and your blue. And then you have secondary colors. You mix those and, and you, get, you get green and you get orange and you get purple. Those are secondary colors. And then you got like beyond that, I think it's called tertiary colors. It's like the third palette. And then it goes beyond that. You start mixing more, a little bit of gray, a little bit of this. And you get like a navy blue, not just a blue, not just a dark blue, but a navy blue. Or you get a magenta. It's because you start adding nuance and it's not just primary. In fact, if you go to um, Home Depot and get some paint for a room, most people, 99.9% aren't looking for primary colors. Can I just get the brightest red for these walls, please? Nobody's doing that. We want nuance, right? We want that bone color for that wall. We want that Chelsea gray for that kitchen. And so when you look at life, life is nuance, and yet we treat sometimes even scriptures as primary and secondary. And sometimes the greatest things that happen in our walk with God is when we get into conversations about the word of God, we start dialoguing and all of a sudden someone says, whoo, they say a word, they, they give an idea and it's like a primary red. And then somebody else chimes in, it's like a, a yellow. Now you have an orange. And now all of a sudden the conversation starts moving. It's like, wow, we went here. It was never in the plan but now we're discussing something that's prolific and powerful. It's ministering. The Holy Spirit is guiding our conversation. We gotta be good at having conversations, stepping into conversations that aren't easy. Because here's the truth of the matter. If we don't force ourselves to open up about God's word, open about, about where we are, we'll never open up. And then it'll just all lay dormant inside of us. Number one, you don't know the bother that's inside of you that needs to come out. You don't know what you need to share. You don't know uh, what maybe some toxic thing in your soul is there and it, it's gonna take some conversations for it to be revealed. You're gonna go, whoa, this start is coming out. Also, in conversation, you're going to realize, hey, there's some cool wisdom there. There's some things I know I didn't even realize I, I knew. And there's some things that God's going to speak. The Bible says the anointing teaches you all things and is true 
and it's not a lie. That doesn't mean people can't teach you, but it means you can't be taught unless the Holy Spirit is teaching it into your spirit. Because we don't just learn things here. When we're reading the word, it's not head to head. It's word to heart. It's going here. And it's the, it's the spirit that's illuminating. So I can't make that happen for you. But as we're talking, walls come down. All of a sudden, boom, now the, the word of God is coming alive. That's why we need community. That's why we need conversations. Jesus did his best and most prolific work through conversations. People, one-on-one, pulling people aside. Hey, what do you think about this? Hey, you gonna go to? Hey, why do you not believe? You know, conversations that turned into these prolific moments that gave us profound insights to the kingdom of God. I'm thankful for conversations. One of the things we do with our leaders here, and I think for all of us, because we're all leaders and we're all ministers of the gospel of Christ, one thing that we try to help people to practice is sharing their testimony. So maybe this week you can say, I'm gonna practice sharing my testimony. What if you were to have a pre-Jesus um, Jesus came into my life and then a post Jesus. Now that Jesus is in my life, break it into one minute a piece. Learn to tell your story. Hey, before Jesus, I was a drug addict. Before Jesus, I was lonely. Before Jesus, I was chasing this and that and trying to fulfill the whole of my soul with, with all these things. I had bad philosophy, bad theology, bad relationships. One minute, just share where you were, what you felt. Then somebody asked me to come to church. Someone shared a testimony. Someone uh, told me that they had found healing and, and I was confused and I wasn't sure and I had sought it out and someone invited me to church. I came, I heard the message. I wasn't sure at first, but then the Holy Spirit came and touched my heart. I was weeping. Tell that story one minute. And now that the Lord is in my life, I'm serving and I'm sharing and I'm part of the body and we're in this crazy pandemic, but I'm trusting Jesus. I would have never made it through this, this, this season without the power of God. Um, so, so pre and then during and then post. What is God doing in your life? Learn to share it. Learn to tell that story. We need the body of Christ opening her mouth and sharing, sharing, sharing. There has to be a voice. There has to be those speaking into this season. So I wanna really quickly turn your attention to John uh, chapter four. And I wanna, I wanna show you kind of how Jesus cracks the code in conversations. John chapter four. Um, we're gonna go to verse three. He left Judea and departed again to Galilee. But he needed to go through Samaria. So he came to the city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near the plot of ground that Jacob gave to his son, Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied from his journey, sat by the well. It was about the sixth hour. A woman of Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me drink. So Jesus is about to unlock a conversation that's about to unlock a person that's about to unlock an entire region for the gospel of Jesus Christ. Jesus is like, we gotta go to Samaria. No, can't we bypass it and go around the other way like every other Jew does? Nope, we're going to Samaria. Jesus is on assignment. So the first part of conversation is you gotta show up. It'd have been easy for Jesus not to show up. It'd be easy for you not to show up. I don't want to make the call. I don't want to call my connect group leader back. I don't want to push yes on that Zoom and that that video come up. It's easier. I know there's a lot of Christians who are like, we got it figured out. We've been serving God so long and it breaks my heart because you don't know what you're missing that you can receive and you don't know what you're missing that you can give. 
But Jesus shows up. The next thing he says is, give me drink. In verse seven, give me drink. All right? For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. So, so the next thing is, is he, he's created a, a private and uh, I would say a safe environment. See, if we're going to have conversations, we're going to have a safe environment. So you got to show up and then you got to have a safe environment. The disciples are gone. This woman's not going to be intimidated. She's not going to be fearful for her life or fearful that these men are picking on her, Okay? And then verse 9, then the woman of Samaria said to him, how is it that you being a Jew ask a drink from me, a Samaritan, for the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans? Verse 10, Jesus answered and said to her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. So now here's where Jesus goes. He shows up, creates a safe environment. This is what our connect groups are. And now he begins to talk about felt needs. Are you thirsty? You're here, for, you're here because you're thirsty. It really does start with like the hierarchy, you know, Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Like, I'm thirsty. Here I am. I'm in need. I'm confused. Just the basic needs. What's going on in your world? You're showing up for water. But what you really need is living water. And I just love how Jesus is slowly unpacking this. He's the master communicator. He's the master at opening the door slowly. And of course, this woman sees that he's a Jew. And this could be, this could seem the most obtuse opportunity. It could seem like there's no way that Jesus is going to crack the code. She's a woman from Samaria. He's a Jew from, you know, Israel from, he's just coming from Jerusalem she doesn't know where he's from, but she's like, you're a Jew, I'm a Samaritan, this isn't kosher, this isn't going to fly, and yet Jesus has a way of just constructing a conversation to pull her in because he sees something that she can't even see for herself. He says, if you knew, you'd be asking me. If you knew what God had, you'd be starting the conversation. If you knew what God has for your life, you'd have asked for connect groups to start back in July. You just don't even, you have no clue of what God wants to do in this conversation. These divine dialogues that have the power to unpack the power of God in your life. And I really believe, church, I just don't want you to miss out. I'm calling you. I'm calling the family up. I'm calling you and saying, just if you're not in a group, if you haven't been contacted by your Connect Group leader, let us know. Sign up online. Text us. Email us. We'll do every. We'll go gangbusters to make sure you're in a conversation. And Jesus will come to your well. We'll come to your well. We'll 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 make it easy as easy as possible to get into a conversation with people who are in the same world as you, same situation as you, same time frame of life as you. If you're single, single mom, there's single moms who want to have a conversation. If you're an empty nester, kids are out of the house. You're like, man, I don't, what are we going to talk? We're going to talk with people who are in the same zone as you are today. If you're a young couple with a baby and you're like, I'm getting no sleep. I'm at this well. Feel alone. You're not alone. There's somebody else there waiting for you. Jesus is sitting on the well going, we're about to have a conversation. And it's about to be life changing. I want to say this. And I hope you catch this. 
everything is a sermon. Everything's a sermon. Like phones are sermons. The pen is a sermon. The table is a sermon. The well is a sermon. The water cup is a sermon. Look, you're probably thinking, I don't know a lot. I don't have a lot of theology. This woman's theology is all over the place. In fact, she's gonna try to throw some theology at Jesus. He's like, let's not go there. Let's talk about your heart. Let's talk about what's really going on. Because your, your theology's whack, but I've come to just make it real simple. I am the Messiah. And I am the living water. I wanna give you life. The water, the cup, the well, it's all the sermon. The experience is the sermon. We're gonna become part of the sermon. That's what sermon discussion's about. It's becoming part of the sermon. We're gonna step into the sermon. We're gonna step into the well together. We're gonna, we're gonna ask questions that aren't easy. We're gonna be asked questions that aren't easy. We're gonna see God maneuver and touch us and open our hearts in different ways. And what I do know is this, is you're gonna be changed. You're gonna be transformed. You know, what takes a normal conversation and turns it into a supernatural conversation? I don't believe it takes a lot. I think it's like one little click, one little small move that takes just a general conversation and turns it into a divine dialogue. One small little action. In fact, my wife, she loves to hike Annadale. And she'll come back and she'll say, honey, I hiked the mountain. I wish she'd go with me. And I do go with her every once in a while. Wish she'd go and hike it. It's so beautiful. I know it's beautiful, but babe, it's not a mountain. It's a hill. She's like, no, it's a mountain. I'm like, babe, a mountain, by definition, is 2,000 feet. Annadale, 1,880 feet short. That's a hill, baby. So she'll say, hey, I'm gonna go climb the mountain. <coughs> hill, I'll say, hill. She doesn't like that. Or, or um, there's some other mountains around here. And go name, right? nope, it's a hill. Because I, I didn't know for a long time what's the difference between a hill and a mountain. Do you know the difference? It's, I guess the standard used to be 1,000 feet. And back in the 70s, they're like, nope, 2,000 feet, difference. Um, we were playing golf with a bunch of guys uh, from Promise Center. By the way, if you like to play golf, let us know. We're gonna start playing golf. We're gonna get good again. Um, but we're playing golf and uh, Yannick, one of our drummers, he's never played before. He's out there playing and we're riding along and I said, just don't hit it in the lake. Wait, pond, wait, lake. I wasn't sure. So I came home and I said, what's the difference between a lake and a pond? And the difference isn't the width, it's the depth. A pond just, it's real shallow. A lake is deeper. I had no idea. The difference between boiling water and non-boiling water is the difference between 211 degrees and 212 degrees. The difference between freezing and non-freezing is 33 degrees and 32 degrees. 32 degrees, boom, it freezes. Like 32. 32 and 30, they both freeze the same. 33 doesn't freeze. It's just one click is the difference. Can you think, I mean, just imagine that. There was this, there's a story, and I believe it was made into a movie called um, The Englishman Who Went Up a Hill and Down a Mountain. It was this uh, city in, in Wells, uh, in Great Britain, uh, these Welsh people um, back around World War I, they were 
uh, the people in, in Great Britain were going and they were measuring all the hills and mountains. And what they found out back then, a mountain had to be a thousand feet. It was 16 feet short and they'd been calling this Garth Mountain, Garth Mountain forever. It was their pride and joy and they needed 16 more feet. And so they began to take rock up there just to get it 16 more feet so they could call it a mountain. And I believe we're always so close. Conversations, conversations about the kids, conversations about what's going on can be so close to a divine appointment. All it needs is one thing, an invitation for Jesus to come in. I wanna tell you, when you invite Jesus to come in, that's it. From there, the conversation begins to move and we may start with football and the kids and how are you doing? And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit has a way. Jesus has a way of just getting us to that point, that one question that causes us to go, wow, I gotta sit on that. I'm just so excited about these divine appointments that God is orchestrating for you and I to be transformed. I want us to practice the conversation. I want us to think about these conversations. I want us to come ready. Look, 30 minutes, 45 minutes, an hour on a Zoom call or coffee in the backyard or some groups are meeting in the park outside. Whatever it looks like. Listen, have a conversation. Invite Jesus in. A regular conversation becomes a divine appointment where hearts are changed and lives change the trajectory and direction forever. It can happen. I'm speaking it over you right now. It's going to happen in your life. Don't despise the day of conversations. Let's have a conversation. Come, let us converse with one another. Come, let us understand our, our sins were like scarlet. Now they're whiter than snow. Come, let us consider. Come, let us think about these things. That's what Jesus, let's settle it with conversation. Let's let it become something reflective in our heart. As we talk about it, share it, it becomes one with us. The word becomes flesh and dwells inside of us. Thoughts now become impulses in the spirit. Now, Things that we've heard become things that we know internally because we took it from just hearing to talking about it. So I wanna speak over you right now and just tell you the greatest days ahead for this church, for this county, for the churches of this county, for revival, for an outpouring, for a harvest of your friends and family are ahead of us, not behind us. I wanna encourage you, hey, we're missionaries in this land. We're not giving up on Sonoma County. It's been tough, fires and smoke and 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 all of the, the strangulations of finances and being hard to live here. I get all that. I know all that. But I have to remember God called me here. It'd be easier to find a place where people all believe the same way as me and act the same way as me. And, and it, you know, little house on the prairie, tons of land just running, skipping through the mountains. I want to just tell you, we're called here for a divine purpose. We are called here to have a conversation that changes the environment, that changes hearts. We're called here to serve one another, to show this area that, that is one of the lowest Christian areas in the United States, one of the lowest attendances of churches in the United States here in Sonoma County. How do we change it? We, we change it by coming together and have conversations and let Jesus in and watch our hearts be changed. Watch, uh, watch the gravitational pull of more people coming in and being changed by the power of the Holy Spirit. I believe it is happening in Jesus' name. So I want to pray for all of us on this Labor Day weekend that the Lord would just move in our conversations and give us the power, the power to be changed through communication, conversations, divine dialogue. 
And this week as we meet, here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna share our testimony. The before, the during, and after. Before Jesus, when Jesus showed up my life, and now, here's what's happening. That's what we're gonna do. We're gonna crack the door open, and we're gonna start there. We're gonna invite Jesus in. We're gonna see where it goes. 30 minutes we're gonna have to just get to know one another, share our story, let those stories lead us in conversation, say goodbye, and just let the Lord do a work through divine dialogue. Amen? Heavenly Father, I honor you. I thank you for the challenge, the opportunity of what you're doing. Let September 2020 be a month that transforms the landscape of this church and the landscape of our county. Let your spirit be released, be released in our square, uh, prayer in the square, release in every home, every leader, our weekend services and teachings. Lord, I pray for all of the group leaders. I pray for all of um, those who are struggling right now. I pray, Lord, that you would just move in a supernatural way. And like this lady at the well, she asked the final question, Lord, Lord, I'm looking for Messiah. And Jesus says, I am he. Lord, in it all, let our eyes be opened to what was in front of us the entire time. Jesus is in our midst. He's with us. He's for us, not against us. In Jesus' name. And everybody say amen. All right, as we lean into those groups, uh, I want to just encourage you. This authenticity, this transformation, it's happening. And for those who haven't opened their life to Jesus, I want to pray for you right now. I know some of you tuning in, you have a big hole in your soul. And I want to promise you that if you'll say yes to Jesus, confess him as Lord, repent of your sins, he will come into your life and he'll lead you in the paths of righteousness and you'll feel healing and you'll feel, you'll feel hope you'll find freedom and forgiveness. So Heavenly Father, I believe Jesus died on the cross for me. I believe that I'm being changed because of that. I believe that my sins are washed away because I confess I am a sinner. You are righteous, Lord Jesus. I need your mercy. Your blood was shed for me. I believe it, I receive it. You're coming back for your church. I believe it, I'll never be the same because of your goodness and your grace. I have faith in Jesus, amen and amen. Hey, if you have given your life to Jesus and you have not been baptized, on September 27th, baptisms are happening. Outdoor service is gonna be off the charts. We love to celebrate what God's doing in your life. So sign up today. I love you guys. We got some more church news, so stay tuned. Love you, can't wait to see you soon. God bless you.